from the Tiffany Micah podcast and welcome to this week's episode of A Daily Tiff. Actually, I've actually got five episodes to share with you today with what I uh, broadcasted on my Reach Your Potential with Tiff podcast show. Um, and I'll just quickly go through them and share them with you. The first one was really about Neverland and the documentary Leaving Neverland. So it was my thoughts about what I felt that came up for me when watching that documentary. So I talk about that through um, uh, through this episode, which you'll which you'll hear. So I'm not going to elaborate too much, and I want you to um, see if you think the same way that I do. You know, I'd really appreciate your feedback on how you felt about what I shared with you. Then um, another episode I'm going to share with you today too is Swimming Faster Than a Shark. And I actually got this one from my 11-year-old niece, Evie, Evelyn. She, um, she's been competing in her swimming carnival and so on. And so she was sharing um, – well, she shared with me um, – something that she did that really helped her get her personal best in her swimming performances at um especially at the uh zone sorry yeah the zone swimming carnival she's just had that recently and um her performance has actually now taken her to the regional so which is really great um but we only found out that she went to the she's going to the regionals next week we found that out yesterday so that's really good so I'm looking forward to going to watching her do that. The um, I also share about the sweet cravings, my next phase of what I'm going through to, to deal with that because I know that we're all different. We all have um, our vices and, and sweets are, are my thing that can not hold me back but I get frustrated with myself that I let myself um, give in to that, to that craving at times and so I've developed a new method on how to deal with that it's a really simple one it's what I used to do before and it works like a dream then we move into another episode about 10 ideas every day so I'm not going to talk too much about that one because I want you to hear what um what you can do for that one how it will help you and then the final episode that you'll hear is being realistic with what you can do right and what I mean by that is being realistic with what you can do in the day not ver- not um, I want you to have those big goals, so don't misinterpret what I'm saying there. So make sure you listen to those episodes, and I look forward to speaking with you after you've heard them. See you soon. You know, I found it very compelling to share this today um, after watching the Leaving Neverland, the two-part documentary over the weekend, and I really feel that I need to say something about this because, you know, we're all in a conundrum like, did this really happen? Did it not? We don't know. And I'm going to share with you some things what I see. Whether I'm right or not, I don't know, but I need to share them. I feel very compelled, like I said just before, I feel very compelled to share what how I'm feeling about this because I just found it incredibly difficult to watch. I watched the whole thing and um and I, I found it incredibly um confronting and I don't know, you know, I don't know. We know that Michael Jackson is no longer here to defend himself. We know that the documentary is Jimmy's and Wade's uh, with Jimmy Safechuck and, and Wade Robson's uh, word against Michael's, right? They were kids. He was an adult. We know that, right? 
but I don't know what to believe and I only see what I see. Like I said, whether I'm right or not, I don't know. But for these people that have been through something similar and they've had, you know, a form of abuse towards them, them, they will be able to relate and they will be able to understand because they can see patterns. And I'm not sure if you saw the interview that Oprah Winfrey also gave with Jimmy and, and Wade. Now, she's 100% behind them because she's been there too. She's gone through the abuse as well, so she can understand that, she can relate to that. And people that have been there and done that, they see patterns. All right, so let's have a look at what, what patterns have we seen. We know that Michael Jackson over the years had numerous boys whom he hung around, and yet we, there was girls that hung around and were invited to Neverland. But what was really interesting, if you really looked at it, he would give his sole focus to one person, right? And it would be one boy and it would be for a period of time. Now, majority of this is, and again, this is what I've seen. So majority of the time it would be boys under the age of about 14 years of old, years of age, right? So now we can argue that he never had a childhood and he's a big boy on the inside, right? He's a boy on the inside. He's a man on the outside. He was a boy on the inside. We know that he's no longer with us, though. I, I am aware of that. But, and that's what I've, been saying for the last 20 years or more about Michael is saying he never had a childhood, poor Michael. You know, he's beaten up by his dad, poor Michael, right? But what was the obsession that he had over each boy, right? What was the obsession that they had to become his number one friend, like his confidant or, or something, and they would be with him for a period of time and then he would move on, right? Why? That's something we don't know. But this is what I do know. I see the patterns of how he operated, right? That became very clear. He focused on one child at a time, one boy, right? That was his sole focus was bringing them into his world, Right, he built a relationship with the family and he would do a- anything and everything for that family. Right, he would build the trust. He would take them into his inner circle. He would make them feel like they're the only one that exists, right? He'd make them feel like they were the, the special one. And then because of this position, you know, that he held in society, like this position of virtually untouchable, he could do what he wanted. What he did, we don't know, right? We only know of what these now men are saying who were, who were young boys who spent time with him. He, you know, in, in defence of, of other celebrity artists that were young at the time that would hung, hang out with Michael, they defended him, most likely nothing happened because of their status, right? But have a look at other celebrities over the years. What about Elvis Presley, right? Now, I'm a big fan of Elvis. He had Priscilla, didn't he? Priscilla, at the age of 14, moved into his home with him in Graceland, right? Elvis could do whatever he wanted. We know he died of a drug overdose. Michael Jackson died from, you know, an addiction to drugs, Right, prescription drugs, so did Elvis. What do those two guys have in common? They were untouchable, right? They could do what they wanted and they could get away with it. Tiger Woods, I'm another big fan of Tiger Woods as well. Right? What remember years ago with Tiger? I think it was probably about ten years ago. Um and his infidelities came about and the things that he was up to. And apparently all the guys on tour knew what he was up to, but his wife didn't, right? And Tiger even admitted in a press conference later on that he felt that he was untouchable and he could get away with whatever he wanted, right? Patterns of behaviour. So watching Leaving Neverland, for me, brought up 
some really interesting things and and I was looking back at my previous relationship. Now, I was a woman, right? I was a woman at this time. I wasn't a child. I was a woman. And I look back at my ex. He was incredibly controlling, right? He acted as he was a spoilt brat. And, and we allowed that behavior. <clears throat> Anyone around him would allow that behavior. We'd allow him to get away with it and act like a spoilt brat. He was older than me. And in the beginning, he was really charming, right? He said all the right things. I was vulnerable. I was feeling like I'd never be loved by anyone. And he romanced me. He did everything. He said all the right things, did all the right stuff, right? Made me feel safe, made me feel loved. And when I was watching Leaving Neverland, that's what triggers well, that's what triggered me i'm i'm sure i'm not really sure who said it but i heard through that leaving neverland it could have been one of the mums it could have been uh, one of the the boy like the you know wade or or jimmy and they said about Michael Jackson makes you feel safe. And that's what triggered me. I remember my ex saying to me, do you feel safe with me? And I was like, yeah, of course I do. Because he was talking about how he'd always wanted to meet someone like me. He always wanted to have, you know, a, a woman in his life like me, really sporty, you know, really good at sport, love sport, love playing sport talked about how we're going to get married, you know, all of that kind of thing, right? Sounded wonderful to me. But then over time, everything started to change. He kept telling me how weak I was. He kept telling me I was a psycho, right? He told me I'd never amount to anything. And if I didn't do what he wanted to do, what he expected from me, he wouldn't talk to me. And that would go on for days on end. And even if I didn't return his text messages or phone calls within 10 minutes, he'd be on the phone abusing me, leaving messages and leaving abusive text messages and so on. Now, this was 15, over 15 years ago this was going on, right? And at the time, like I said, I was incredibly vulnerable, right? So that's how he got me in. He affected my confidence and wore me down. He wore down my confidence. I was completely dependent on him. And whatever I did, whatever I did was never good enough, no matter how hard I tried. And we'd be having screaming matches almost every day at each other because I wouldn't be doing what he expected of me and so on. And then I'd be trying to defend myself in the hope, in the hope that he would approve of me. And he would only speak to me when he wanted me to do something, right, that he wanted from him, for him. So I look back, you know, over that 15 years ago and I go, how the hell did I put up with all that crap? Right? And, and I looked at the patterns. I look back to the patterns and he was like that and operated like that with everyone. Right, previous relationships he had and so on, that was what he did. And I just go, oh, you know, over this last weekend just gone, I've been really, uh, like, upset within, not only from what I hear on Leaving Netherland, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but we've heard the story, right? We've heard these guys' story from their side. But at the time, when I look back with what I put up with, I was like, I was vulnerable, right? I was hoping to fall in love. He was sporty, said all the right things, right? He wore me down. And if you look at it, it's what he did and what I went through with him over that three-year period was I went through emotional abuse from him, right? Mental, psychological abuse, he just wore me down. And my husband says, I've got the most beautiful man in my life, but 
and I wasn't sorta that I'd never get involved with another man ever again after that relationship. But I have, I, I do. I have the most beautiful husband in my life, and and he said to me, and and he will say it every so often now. He said, "When I met you, you were mentally injured," and it actually took me about five years to recover from from what I what I went through with this with this guy. I did seek out help, right? I went to a psychologist. I got help because I remember the first thing I remember the psychologist said to me was, Tiff, I see women put up with what you're putting up with for decades. She said, it just depends whether you want to leave now or you want to leave it and then continue on and live this life that you're living. And then I cried for the rest of the session. I think I used all of her box of tissues. But I share, I share what I share today is not to defend Michael Jackson, it's not to defend Wade Robson, it's not to defend Jimmy Safechuck, right? I don't know what happened behind closed doors. None of us do. Only those people behind the closed doors do know what happened. But right now, all I see are the patterns, So hear me now, if you are approached by someone and no matter how old you are, this can happen at any age, right? It's not just the kids. It can happen at any age. Don't get swept up in the moment. Just be aware, right? Find out who that person really is and what, how they operate. And if they want you to do things that does not feel right for you, Right. For one, don't do them. But the other thing, go and talk to someone about it. Don't leave it because you don't know what you're going to be put through. Go and get advice. Right. Go and talk to a counselor or a psychologist or something. Right. Get it out in the open now. Take it on the head right now. Don't leave it. Don't be worn down by one person because that happened to me. I will never ever, ever let that ever happen again, right? Much more aware. I'm not vulnerable. I'm comfortable in my own skin, but it took me years to, for that to happen. A lot of personal development work, right? A lot of reading personal development books, a lot of going to courses, really working on me. Yes, I had counseling. I'm not afraid to admit that. Right. And I'm constantly working on myself every day, even now. That's why I share the information that I share because I always feel that I'm a work in progress too. But the other thing is I will never, ever, ever let my nieces go through what I, what I went through, let alone what these boys allegedly went through, ever. So if you're in a situation right now and you don't know what to do, go and get help. Go and talk to someone. Because like I said, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Only you do. Right? Wade Robson only knows what went on behind closed doors. Jimmy Safetruck only knew what went on behind closed doors. Michael Jackson only knew, when I, what I, knew what went on behind closed doors. Get help if you need it. Because it's not right. If you're feeling not right about something, get the help that you need. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. Like I said early on in this episode, as I've felt very compelled to share this with you, it's been playing on my mind for the last few days and I just want to get it out there and um, share with what came up for me when I was when I was watching that and listening to that. Like I said, I don't know if they're if they're telling the truth, right? We don't know. But what we do know is we've seen patterns. And if you see patterns coming up for you with, with someone that's in your life that's doing certain things, go and talk to someone about it, okay? So all I want to say to you, go and talk to someone about it. You know, my niece, uh, she had her swimming carnal about two weeks ago and... Um, 
She was really excited about the upcoming swimming carnival and it's her last year. It was her last year. It's her last year in primary school this year. Can't believe it. <laughs> Again, where's the time gone? Uh, and um, I've never had the opportunity to come and watch her swim. I've had the opportunity to watch her in um, sports carnivals and so on, but never the swimming carnival because it always clashed with work. So I took the time off from work so I could go and watch her. And... Um, so I was really excited about that. She was excited about me going and, and all of that kind of thing. And so she did a first race and she did a 100-meter freestyle and she did pretty well. And um, she came second. And, and I'm not too worried about where she comes or anything like that. I just want her to, to put her best effort in that she can on the day. And my sister, she was doing the time trials and so on, but she was waving me over and she said, oh, look, you know, Evie looks worried. Can you go and have a chat to her? And I went over and I said, are you, are you worried about something? Mum says, you look worried. She goes, I am. And I said, what are you worried about? And she said, I really want to go to zone. Because every year for the swimming carnival, she's always made it to zone. And she said, I really want to go to zone. And she has been, you know, she has been swimming. She loves the water. So she's been swimming in a training squad three days a week for I think over the last two terms. She's been having swimming lessons for since she was six months old. You know, very confident in the water. She's got a mum's got her in a swim club, and her mum, my sister, and her go to, and so on. And she wants to. She, she does. She wants to do really well. And so I said, okay, all right. So you want to go to zone and. So I said, all you can do right now is you can control what you can control in your race. I said, you can't control what anybody else does in the race, only what you do. So I said, why don't we come up with um, like a little pre-swim routine, like mental routine that you can go through prior to your next race? And she goes, okay, okay. So she's listening to me very deeply about the whole thing and – so I said, let's let's just develop a pre-swim chant, okay? So I said, this is what I want you to do when you – because they had to line up down um, before their race. They'd call out the age groups and so on. So her age group was called out and she went down the other end and she had to wait until um, it was her time to race. And I said, when you're down there, I said, I just want you to just say to yourself, I'm strong and powerful, I'm strong and powerful. I'm strong and powerful. And I said, I just want you to keep chanting that to yourself. Just while you're waiting, you, you can talk to your friends and stuff, but every so often to say, I'm strong and powerful. I'm strong and powerful. And then I said, when you walk up to the blocks, right, so you're going to go and sit in the chairs and so on, and you're going to go and get ready to walk up to the blocks. All I want you to think about is what you're going to do, what your job is in the pool, Right, so I, I just want you to say to yourself something along this line: I'm going to go hard and fast, as as well, I'm going to go as hard and fast as I can until I hit the wall. Right, I said you can breathe later. Right, because this was going to be a fifty meter fifty meter race. Right, so I said so so just do that, and then I said when you stand up on the blocks, just say to yourself, just go for it. And she uh, she said okay, she said all right. Right, so I kept it really simple. Very simple chant, right? I'm strong and powerful. When you get to the blocks, just think about how hard and fast you're going to go until you hit the wall. And I said, and just, you just go for it. So right, she's only 11, right? So we've got to keep this stuff really simple. So after her race, so she did a race. Of course, me being me, I ran down the side of the pool going, come on, Evie, go, right? Because I love her so much and I wanted her to do the best that she can do. And after that race, she got a personal best. She, yes, she did win the race, which was really awesome for her, but she got her personal best in her freestyle. And she was so excited. She was like, honey, TV, I love you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, God, I feel so good. You know, all of this kind of thing, right? So that was that was really great. But when um, I I didn't get to see all the races because I had to go to work. And but she she was apparently disappointed that she didn't win every single race. And and I rang her that night and I said, "Look, sweetie, you know, I said you got to look at the little wins that you got. I said you got personal best times in every race that you had." 
and you had a cold and you still showed up. I said, that's what athletes do. She was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what athletes do. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And she's like, mom, mom, Auntie Tiff said, you know, that's what athletes do. They show up no matter how they're feeling, right? So I said, you've got to feel really proud of yourself for doing that because you just showed up. Even though you weren't at your best in the sense of physically because you had the cold, you still showed up. Right? And she was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's so great. So then she swam on, on the weekend, just passed, and, and she actually got personal best times for every race that she went to, in, into. So uh, breaststroke, freestyle, backstroke, butterfly. And she got to meet James Magnuson as well, you know, the missile. So she was pretty excited with that, had some photos taken with him. So I get all this feedback from from my mum. Anyway, I rang her on Sunday and I said, how'd you go? You know, and she talked about how she went in each race and what the times were and, and all of that kind of thing. And I said, did you do that little routine that we worked on? She said, yeah, but she said, I actually improved it. I said, how'd you improve it? She said, I pretended a shark was chasing me in the pool. <laughs> Isn't that cool, Right. So what she was doing was she was then visualizing, right? This is the power of visualization. And she's great because she's incredibly creative. And she said, I, I imagined that the, the shark was chasing me, right? So she was visualizing that a, char- a shark was chasing her down the pool and she swam a little heart out and she got her, her personal best times in, in every race. It's fantastic, isn't it? So it shows that if you work on specific things mentally to help you, you can get what you want, right? So we just did like, what did we, what did I do with, with my niece? So we, we looked at like a, a pre-swim chant, something that's going to help her to work on believing in herself in the sense of that she's strong and powerful, Right. We talked about what, what her job was once she got onto the blocks. So she's going to just go hard and fast until she hits the wall. And then she took it a step further and said, I pretended while I was in the water swimming that a shark was chasing me, right? So she was going to swim faster than that shark because there was no way that she was going to let, get that, let that shark get her. <clears throat> How fantastic is that, right? So these are simple little... Um, elements that you can add into your sport to help you improve what you're doing. So are you able to swim faster than a shark? Of course you are when you're visualizing what you want to achieve, right? And that's all she did. She wanted to make sure that she did could do the best that she could do. She visualized what she wanted to do in the sense of swim faster than a shark. The shark never caught her. And she made a personal best time. So I thought that was a really, really good thing. And I really wanted to share that with you today. You know, I've been talking the last few weeks about sweet cravings, haven't I? I've been uh, reporting into you each week about how I'm managing my sweet cravings. And, you know, the first week that I that I started talking about this was I've had this, and I've always loved sweets, right? So I, I can't say I love Christmas and birthdays and going to birthday parties and all that because you have lollies, don't you, right? Or cake or something. So I, I do enjoy, I do enjoy that, but also have a limit. But what I was finding that, especially after Christmas this year, was that I was finding that I was craving sweets a lot more often, and I felt like for me it was just. Un- more unhealthy for me than normal and so every night I was looking for something sweet I've got to have something sweet and so on but then the problem was was the next day when I'd wake up I'd feel and I wouldn't go overboard or binge or anything but I'd still eat too much for what I really felt like I need should be eating and then the next day I'd show up at the gym and I'd feel a bit sluggish right it's sort of like a bit of a sugar hangover so I wanted to make sure that I was starting to really tackle that. So in then the second week, then I said to you, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to try apple cider vinegar. So each night after I've had dinner, I'm, if I feel the need that I need something sweet, I'm going to have a swig of apple cider vinegar just because that will get rid of it straight away. 
But what started to happen was that didn't work so well because I really couldn't maintain it because the thought of going to have a swig of apple cider vinegar, I just went, no, I don't want to do that. But I found the answer. And this has always worked for me in the past, may work for you. And I, and I was avoiding doing this because I didn't really want to do this again. But I thought, you know what, I've got to do this because this next step, because I want, I want to get some results. I want to feel better. I don't want to have this thing where I'm always craving something sweet. And I want to be able to, um, you know, I wanted to be able to trim down a little bit more. I'm not overweight in any way, but I wanted to trim down and get rid of a bit more body fat and so on. So what I decided to go back to was to start working on counting calories. Now, um, and that's always worked for me in the past. And that was an instant hit, right? So rather than, because I used to track it by paper and so on, I used to work out how many calories and went, oh, I don't want to go through that ring roll of working everything out. And then I found this really good app on my phone. Um, it's called Easy Diet Diary. It's, it's a really good one for if you live in Australia, actually. It's a really good one to use. There are other ones that you can use if you live somewhere else. Um, but I found that really easy because it just works everything out for you. It works out how many calories, works out how much protein, how much fat, how much sugar, how much sodium, how much calcium, how much fiber and all of that kind of thing. And it's, and it's really good because then when I look at it at the end of the day, I can go, okay, well, how much, how much protein have I had today? Great. Okay. So if I've gone over the 100 grams of protein, perfect. If I've gone under the 100 grams of protein, that's not going to work for me. I need to make sure I'm above that. I also want to make sure that I eat more protein than I do carbs, right? So therefore, I've got to make sure that that works. So what it does, because it, it itemizes protein, carbs, sugar, fat, and all of that, then I can work out, okay, well, the protein content's great. Maybe the carbs aren't so good or great, I had lower carbs today, great. Okay, I've got to make sure I do the same thing tomorrow. Oh, the sugar intake, you know, from the natural foods that I've been eating is probably a bit high. Can I reduce that? Is there a way to do that? Um, how much fat was in the, you know, natural fat was, was I uh, consuming today and so on, right? So it starts to give me a breakdown. So that's really good. So now what happens and it's been working really well, so I've been doing it for over a week now, but what happens is I can do that for what I eat and what I drink, and then, um, you know, for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, etc. and it works, it does, it works so much better, because you can actually see it, I like to be able to see things, because when you see things, you know what's going on, when you just let it sit in your head, you don't really know what was not what's going on, and I tend to get into the habit at times of just letting things just settle into my head and just let it sit there. But I also need to make sure that I'm actually physically seeing it because numbers don't lie, right? So now that I'm tracking it, now I know what's going on. So that that's <coughs> so that's what we want to make sure. Now with you, we want to make sure that you know, what's going to work for you? Is it going to be the calories that's going to work for you? Is it the amount of protein intake that's going to work for you? Is it going to be the amount of carbohydrate intake you have? Whatever it may be, you want to track it, right? And so I track other things too. I track um, how many posts I've put up throughout the week. Right? I haven't done that lately, so I'm going back into that. I look at how many episodes that have been heard. What's my, um, how many listeners have I have been listening to my um, episodes? How many downloads have I had, and so on. I like to keep track of that because then I know what's happening and what's improving. Then I can see what people like and what they what they don't like so much. So now now we've got something in place that I'm now controlling the sweet cravings because now I've put a limit on the amount of calories that I want to consume each day, which is manageable. So I don't want to make sure that I go over it. And I want to make sure that from Monday to Saturday, and that's what I've been doing, Monday to Saturday, it's it's at a certain level of what I consume and so on, and that I don't go over that, right? So if I do 
go over that on a day because I've um, got a little bit slack or whatever, I, I say to myself, okay, well, if you go over that limit, then you're going to have to go for an, a walk at 8 o'clock at night. And that's the last thing I, that I want to do, especially when I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, right? But what I want to share with you today is that for me, I've found something that works for me. Sometimes when we do things, whether it's a sweet craving or we're trying to control the type of food we eat, we want to lose weight or whatever, if we're actually tracking and see what's going on, then we've got that visual in place, right? So then you know what's actually going on. When you're not tracking, you're not really sure. You sort of, it's a bit of guesswork. And things always work so much better when you're tracking it versus trying to keep it all in your head. So that's my share for you today is uh, tracking and the power of tracking really and tracking calories and so on. But, you know, being realistic as well with what you can manage and so on. Note that I didn't say that I count calories on a Sunday. I won't do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, But the great thing, just a little bonus benefit from counting the calories this past week, even though I felt like I was eating around the same types of food in content, I think I've improved it just by tracking. And I've actually dropped a bit more body fat, which is really, um, really exciting without really thinking about that. That wasn't really the the focus. That's just the benefit of actually tracking. It was, oh, great. I've actually dropped a bit more body fat. Fantastic. I've dropped, you know, some centimeters off my body. Great. That's fantastic. And I've been able to manage the sweet craving because remember the focus for me was to, to control the sweet craving versus anything else. Just last week, I was listening to this episode from Impact Theory, the Impact Theory podcast. I actually listen to that quite a lot, and it's one of my favorite podcast shows, and I really love the interviews that are on there because they're really informative, um, hearing you know other people's perspective on the world and what they've done to succeed and their steps to success and so on. So I find that really, really interesting. And I was listening to um, this interview with James Ultra. I think his name is Ultra. And he was talking about the four things that he does um, to, if he wants to feel happy, healthy and wealthy. So if you Google James Ultra in impact theory, that'll come up the four things to do if you want to be happy, healthy and wealthy. And he was talking about what he did part of his four things that he does each day. And the big one that really stood out for me, because there's things that he talked about that I already do, but this specific one that he talked about in there was he talked about these 10 ideas every day. And I thought, wow, that's a really good idea. 10 ideas every day. Because I've already got my morning routine in place and I thought, well, I could add that into my morning routine, right? So if you've heard my Tiffany Micah podcast show, I talk about my morning routine. I go into much more depth about what I do, like the gym where I treat it like the Terminator. I've got breakfast, which is more like Superman, um, Darth Vader time, back to the future time, barefoot investor time. So, and and now I've just introduced the 10 ideas time and I was like, yeah, great, 10 ideas, this is great. So with the 10 ideas time, what I do in that, I just give myself 10 minutes and then I work out um, in that 10 minutes, I come up with 10 ideas every day. So part of what I'm doing right now, and that is part of my morning routine, I come up with those 10 ideas. So what ideas should you come up with, right? And that's a really good question, isn't it? It's like, Tiff, what what are the ideas that I should come up with? So what I'm doing right now is I'll give you an example. For me, um, over this last week is I've written out my 10 ideas to generate income for what I do, right? So then for each of those 10 ideas, I'm writing out for the, you know, like idea one, to generate income, for example, my book, because I've got my book upcoming soon, it'll be published very shortly. Um, and I'm coming up with, okay, well, what are the 10 ideas that I could execute with once my book's ready to generate income from my book? What are the 10 ideas, right? And then I list those out. 
And then I go to idea two, what are the 10 ideas that, or what are the 10 ways I could execute that specific idea into generate income for that idea and so on. All right. So what you want to do is what you want to have your 10 ideas and then break them down each idea so that you're giving yourself another 10 ideas around that specific idea that you had. Okay. So what it actually does, and this is what I love about it, what it actually does, it gets you to think creatively and it really gets that creative muscle working in your mind. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to leave you with this question is what are your 10 ideas going to be today? I would really love if you could share with me what your 10 ideas are. I look forward to hearing from you. So wherever you hear this episode, I'd love it if you could share with me what your 10 ideas are for today. So what do I mean by being realistic with what you can do? What does that really mean? Well, I'm not talking about the big goals that you're chasing, right? Because I don't want you to give up on those big goals. But what I mean is what is it realistically that you can do today? And it's being really realistic with what you can do today. Because if you really think about it, your really big goal, because I've got this really big goal that I want to achieve, there's no way in the world I could do it in one day. And you can't, realistically, you can't do it all in one day. But what you can do is take control of what you can do today and do it in a realistic time frame. And I know like from from the past, I used to always try to do so much, as much as I could over the years in a very short space of time, trying to cram in so much in one day. And then I was like, I just can't feel like I can do it anymore, right? I feel like I'm chasing my tail. But the big thing was, was I wasn't really realistic with my time frames, right? Trying to do so much. I'd go work my butt off, you know, and try and do so much. And then I'd just get really worn out. And then I'd work my butt off and then get really worn out. But I felt like I was never getting ahead, right? So we want to make sure that each day that you show up to work on your dream, You want to make sure that your dream is realistic in the sense of that you can get specific things done each day. I want your big dream to be so big that you think, how in the world am I going to get to that dream? I want it to be big. So don't um, misunderstand what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is that you just need to be realistic in what you can do in in each day that you've got to work towards your big dream, right? So how can we be realistic? What's a a really good way to be realistic? So step one, we've got our big goal. We know what our big goal is. Step two, what we want to do is we want to break our big goal into five phases. Right, so we want to make sure that we've got our big goal and then we've got the five steps to get to the big goal or five big phases to get to the big goal. Then in step three, in each phase, we want to write down all the actions that need to be taken in each phase, right? That's what we want to make sure that we do. So when we get to step four, we begin at phase one, right? So the the action steps might come about more and more as you go through the phases, but especially with step four, you want to begin at phase one. Phase one is where we start. What are all the action steps that you can do? In phase one. So you want to make sure that you're very clear on all the action steps that you need to do in phase one. Would you be able to do everything done in one day in phase one? Most likely not. And that's what then leads us to step five. In step five, then you want to work out what you can do realistically on a daily basis that's going to help you get through phase one. So phase one, you've got all your action steps planned out. Fantastic. Then what can you do each day on each part each action step in the phase in that phase one to be able to do what you need to do in each day to get closer to completing that phase one goal once you've done that then you move on to phase two and you repeat the same process and then once you've done that you go to phase three repeat the same process phase four repeat the same process phase five repeat the same process and then so that you're achieving your big goal It's quite simple once we break it down into smaller chunks 
and that's what we want to make sure that you're doing. So this is why we want to make sure that we're just doing it in these five steps because by doing that in these five steps, it gets you really clear. You're then realistic on what you can do in a time frame with in each day and then you just get on and then you start doing the work. Sounds quite simple, doesn't it? But that's the way we want to do it because I know like from – Years ago when all these big dreams that I had for all these other things that I wanted to achieve, I would just work and work and work and work and work. But I didn't realise that I needed to make sure I had these phases in place. I didn't realise I needed to have action steps in place. I didn't realise that I needed to have specific things that I did on, on a daily basis and what I needed to focus on on a daily basis to ensure that I, you know, reached those goals. Because when I went and did goal setting courses, hmm, we're talking 15 something years ago, they would say, all you need to do is set the goal and the goal will happen. Well, that didn't make sense to me. How can the goal happen? I know what I want, but how can I make it happen? Oh, that'll just happen for you. I'm sorry, but that doesn't work like that because I'd have achieved every goal in my life if it worked like that. What we need to do is we need to make sure that we break things down into simple formats so that we know that we can achieve certain things each day that's going to give us our big goal. Okay, so that's what I'm going to leave you with today. Be realistic with what you can do. Have that big vision, that big dream, because I want you to go for it, but then break it down into phases and then work on phase one in simple terms. Okay, get all the action steps in place. Hey there, welcome back. Um, yeah, leave forever leaving Neverland. I titled that one. You know, a lot of things came up as I said in that one for me. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen the the episode, um, the documentary Leaving Neverland, but it really triggered quite a few things in in me. It made me feel very uncomfortable. It was very graphic and so on, but also took me back to a time in which I was very vulnerable as well and. Um, was manipulated by a certain person in my life and so on and and what happened there. So um, just really the point of the message out of that is just be aware and if things don't feel right, go and talk to someone about it. Don't just think that it's all going to be okay and what that person is telling you is is the truth because it may, you know, there are some manipulators out there in the world and they will come out and uh, from the woodwork and and try and bring you along with them along their ride. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, make sure you go and talk to someone about it because, uh, you know, that happened to me and, um, you know, I felt like that held me back for not only with him but also with a few other people previously. I had the pattern of attracting those types of people in my life at the time. So, um Really the message here is is just go on, you know, don't keep it in. Don't just have it just about you and that other person. Go and talk to other people, especially go and talk to qualified people about it and get their advice on what you should do because that was the best thing that, that I did and it really opened my eyes up and then it really, uh, that was really the trigger for me to really start working on me and really to get me into the, track of developing the the deep-seated belief I was looking for and to trust me and not to uh, rely on uh, what other people say is true because that's just their opinion. I wanted to have that deep belief in in me. So um, like I said, make sure you go and talk to someone, okay? It's really really important. Don't let yourself be swayed by other people's opinions. Uh, How did you like what uh, Evie, my niece, said about... (laughs) swimming faster than the shark that was really cool wasn't it that she she actually so we developed a a few little strategies for her to just approach her swimming carnival on the day because I don't get to spend a lot of time with her so we you know we I see her every second weekend and so on so um in the time that I get to spend with her I can do certain things and we can talk about stuff so that was what we came up with on the day but I loved it that she she did that she's now going to the regionals so she's made it through zone and now going to the regionals and she's still got that thing that analogy in her mind that she's got a a shark chasing her and I said to her for the next race she's got to be thinking about something that swims faster than a shark so she's going to work on that one on the weekend and we'll um we'll have a chat about that one before her regional swimming next week 
sweet craving. So I talked about the issues that I had with that. Um, tried apple cider vinegar, didn't work for me. But I know when I track things just in everything that I do with, with my business and with what I do with myself and with my gym training and everything, if I'm tracking it, I know where I'm at, I know what I'm doing and I know that that works so much better. I just was reluctant to do that again but when I found this really easy app that I've been using, it just works everything out for me and what I love about it, which is what I said before, is that I like the fact that it can see it can show me how much protein I've had in the day and also how much um, carbs and sugars and uh, fat and, and so on. So I know that if I've had more carbs than protein, well, that's not really what I want. I want to make sure that I'm having more protein than carbs and so on so I can and work out that balance. So that was really good. Coming up with 10 ideas every day. How good was that? Just getting that creative muscle. And since I've been doing that, it's been fantastic because now it's really um, getting me to really think about specific things on what I want to achieve in the business. So I'm coming up with all these ideas whilst I'm in the process of getting my book published so that then I can go, right, I'm going to apply this, 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 and this so that then I can really build the the business the way that I want to build the business. So whatever it is that you're doing, start doing that. Start getting that creative muscle in your mind working so that you are, um, yes, being creative, even if you're a sports person, right, and you're pursuing your sports goal, be creative with your training. What else can you add in there? What elements can you add in, the, in there, especially especially in performing under pressure because this is where it's going to count. So start thinking about ways in which you can um, perform better under pressure in your training sessions, like really good ones that I used to do when I was, um, especially with golf, was that I wouldn't let myself leave until I got the ball into the hole. So if I was chipping, I couldn't move on to the next activity until I got the ball into the hole or something like that. Sometimes it took a while, right? So it's putting that pressure on so that when you're practicing pressure in practice and training, that you're going to perform so much better when you're actually out there doing it in the you know in the real world so i hope you enjoyed this week's daily tiff uh love it if you could leave a comment and share with me what you like best about what you heard i'd really appreciate that if you've got 30 seconds to spare i'd also appreciate if you could leave a five-star review wherever you hear this episode if you've got friends that you know that would benefit from these episodes i'd love it if you could share it with them as well because we want to build the reach of potential with tiff communities because we possibly can and i want you to dream really really big go after those dreams okay got to dream really really big i want you to really believe in you deep 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 belief right we need to develop that belief system in you so so deep that you can go after your dreams and take action on it. So have an absolutely awesome day. Take care. Talk soon. Bye-bye.